0: All right, good afternoon, and welcome to a very special holiday edition of Bookmarked. This is an expand, expansion from previous years. Every year since I've been doing this show, I've been inviting people to come and read favorite books. Christmas stories or Christmas poems to celebrate the season. Uh, This year, I've gotten to do something I have always wanted to do, and I have assembled an absolutely brilliant cast. Yes. You will meet them individually later to read Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And I am told that it was first published in London in 1843, and I'm told that today is the anniversary of its publication. Uh, it's always it's always good to have librarians uh, involved. You know, um, I was when I started asking people to do this, I was amazed at the response. People were going, "I want to be the ghost of Christmas Past," and all. <laughs> so, uh, and I, I thought, kept thinking about that. You know, why do we still love this? Why do we still revisit it? Why do we? Why has it been adapted for film sixteen different times at least? Uh, and as I adapted, I kept trying to think about that. As the adaptation is all the original text, almost every word is Dickens, uh, but I condensed quite a bit uh, with em- emphasizing mostly the dialogue, and I changed the gender of some generic characters to help fit my cast. Um, it's, been, it's never been out of print. It's been dramatized, actually. Maybe the first person to dramatize it was Dickens himself, who used to tour and do readings. All, it was particularly popular in the United States. Everyone loved it. Something that I, I kind of ran into as I was adapting it, and you'll hear a little of this in, in the reading. I left some of it in. It, that we don't remember now about the story is that it promoted the celebration of Christmas, which was kind of, I think, out of style in that period uh, and was coming back, particularly perhaps with Queen Victoria and her beloved Albert, who were of of German ancestry, and so they had the Christmas tree, and not everyone had a Christmas tree in those days, but the Queen had one, so other people then wanted it. Uh, So Dickens is kind of promoting the celebration of the holiday, and so he provides us with these long descriptions of food, drink, games, family, people sharing, people having a good time, and we don't even pay much attention to those now because we're doing all those things that the story described so long ago. What we do remember, I think, is the emphasis on giving and sharing. If, you're, if you've been on Facebook lately, you may have seen the Facebook meme that says, A Christmas Carol is a heartwarming tale of how rich people must be supernaturally terrorized into sharing. Uh, so with an illustration from A Christmas Carol. Uh, so obviously we, need, we still need reminding and we still share. If I, can, I can't see the window, our studio window from here, but until just a few days ago, it was full of toys Uh, thanks to Metal Mark's toy drive that we collected and gave to the Southside Community Center. So some, some kids will have a better Christmas. I think it's also lasted because of the way the story is told. I mean, whether or not Scrooge is terrorized, he does get to tour his own life. He goes past, present, and future. And I think that evokes something about... Holidays, maybe Christmas, if that's what you celebrate, because you do the ritual every year. And when you do the ritual, you become the person you were when you did it last year, and the year before, and the year before that. You know, you go and you go home, and you are or you smell a Christmas tree, and you become a kid again. Or maybe you smell something that your mother used to cook, and there's your past, and you're in that space, sort of with your you're your past and present self at the same time and maybe then you can be your future self as well and maybe a different better future self which is what happens with Scrooge so I believe we are ready to proceed
1: But rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day To save us
0: all from Once upon a time, of all the good days in the year, upon a Christmas Eve, old Scrooge sat busy in his counting house. It was a cold, bleak, biting, foggy winter, and the city clocks had only just gone three, but it was quite dark already. The door of Scrooge's counting house was open, that he might keep his eye upon his clerk, who, in a dismal little cell beyond, was copying letters. Scrooge had a very small fire, but the clerk's fire was so much smaller that it looked like one coal. But he couldn't replenish it, for Scrooge kept the coal box in his own room. Wherefore, the clerk tried to warm himself at the candle, in which effort, not being a man of a strong imagination, he failed.
2: A merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you.
3: Bah, humbug.
2: Christmas a humbug, Uncle. You don't mean that, I'm sure.
3: I do. Out upon Merry Christmas. What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without money? A time for finding yourself a year older and not an hour richer. If I had my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled in his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. He should. Uncle! Nephew, keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine.
2: Keep it? But you don't keep it.
3: Leave me alone... Let me leave it alone then, much good it may do to you, much good it has ever done you.
2: There are many things from which I might have derived good, by which I have not profited, I dare say, Christmas among the best. But I am sure I have always thought of Christmas time as the only time I know of where men and women seem to think of people below them as if they were fellow travelers to the grave, and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys. And therefore, uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe that it has done me good and will do me good, and I say God bless it. So don't be angry, uncle. Come, dine with us tomorrow. Good afternoon. I want nothing from you. I ask nothing of you. Why cannot we be friends? Good afternoon. I am sorry, with all my heart, you fi- to find you so resolute. We have never had any quarrel to which I have been party, but I have made the trial in homage to Christmas, and I'll keep my Christmas humor to the last.
0: So, a Merry Christmas, uncle. Good afternoon. And a Happy New Year. Good
3: afternoon.
0: The clerk, in letting Scrooge's nephew out, had let in a well-dressed, pleasant-looking lady with books and papers in her hands. Scrooge and Marley's, I believe. Have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge, or is it Mr. Marley? Mr.
3: Marley has been dead these seven years. He died seven years ago this very night.
4: Well, at this festive season of the year, Mr. Scrooge, it's more than usually desirable that we should make some slight provisions for the poor and the destitute, who suffer greatly at the present time. Many thousands are in want of common necessities. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comforts, sir. Are there no prisons? Well, plenty of prisons, but... Under the impression that they scarcely furnish Christian cheer, mind or body, to the unoffending multitude, a few of us are endeavoring to raise a fund to buy the poor some meat and drink, a means of warmth. We choose this time because it is a time, of all others, when one is keenly felt and abundance rejoices. What shall I put you down for? Nothing. You wish to be anonymous.
3: I wish to be left alone. Since you ask me what I wish, madam, that is my answer. I don't make merry myself at Christmas, and I can't afford to make idle people merry. I help to support the prisons and the workhouses. They cost enough. And those who are badly off must go there.
4: Many can't go there, and many would rather die.
3: If they would rather die, they had better do it and decrease the surplus population.
0: At length, the hour of shutting up the counting-house arrived. With an ill-willed Scrooge dismounting from his stool tacitly admitted the fact to the expectant clerk in the tank.
3: You'll want all day tomorrow, I suppose. It's quite
5: convenient, sir.
3: It's not convenient, and it's not fair. If I was to stop half a crown for it, you'd think yourself mightily ill-used I'll be bound? Yes, sir. And yet you don't think me ill-used when I pay a day's wages for no work? It's
5: only once a year, sir.
3: A poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. "'but I suppose you must have the whole day. "'Be here all the earlier
0: next morning.' "'The clerk promised that he would, "'and Scrooge walked out with a growl. "'Scrooge took his melancholy dinner "'in his usual melancholy tavern, "'and having read all the newspapers "'and beguiled the rest of the evening "'with his banker's book, went home to bed. "'He lived in chambers which had once belonged "'to his deceased partner. "'He fastened the door and walked across the hall "'and up the stairs.' slowly too trimming his candle as he went up scrooge went not carrying a button button for its being very dark darkness is cheap and scrooge liked it but before he shut his heavy door he walked through his rooms to see that all was right quite satisfied he closed his door and locked himself in double locked himself in which was not his custom thus secured against surprise He took off his cravat put on his dressing gown and slippers and his nightcap and sat down before the very low fire to take his gruel as he threw his head back in the chair his glance happened to rest upon a bell a disused bell that hung in the room and communicated for some purpose now forgotten with a chamber in the highest story of the building it was with great astonishment and a strange inexplicable dread that as he looked he saw this bell begin to swing. Soon it rang out loudly, and so did every bell in the house. This was succeeded by a clanking noise, deep down below, as if some person were dragging a heavy chain over the cask in the wine merchant's cellar. Then he heard the noise much louder on the floors below, then coming up the stairs, then coming straight towards his door. It came on through the heavy door, and a specter passed into the room before his eyes, and upon its coming in, the dying flame leaped up as though it cried, I know him, Marley's ghost. The same face, the very same. His body was transparent so that Scrooge observing him and looking through his waistcoat could see the two buttons on his coat behind. Though he looked the phantom through and through and saw it standing before him, though he felt the chilling influence of its death-cold eyes and noticed the very texture of the folded kerchief bound around its head and chin, he was still incredulous. How now? What do you want with me? Much. Who are
3: you?
6: Ask me who I was.
3: Who were you then?
6: In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley.
3: Can you can you sit down? I can. Do it, then.
6: You don't believe in me?
3: I don't.
6: What evidence would you have of my reality beyond that of your senses? I don't know. Why do you doubt your senses?
3: Because a little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheats. You may be an undigested bit of beef. A blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an underdone potato. There's more of gravy than of grave about you, whatever you are.
0: The phantom took off the bandage round its head, as if it were too warm to wear indoors, and its lower jaw dropped upon its breast.
3: Mercy! Treadful apparition! Why do you trouble me? Why do spirits walk the earth, and why do they come to me?
6: It is required of every man that the spirit within him should walk among those of his fellow men and travel far and wide. And if that spirit goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. I cannot tell you all I would, a very little more permitted to me. I cannot rest. I cannot stay. I cannot linger anywhere. My spirit never walked beyond our counting house, mark me. In life, my spirit never roved beyond the narrow limits of our money-changing hole, and weary journeys lie before me.
3: But you were always a good man of business, Jacob.
6: Business. Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, benevolence, were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. I am here tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate, a chance and hope of my procuring Ebenezer. You will be haunted by three spirits. Expect the first tomorrow evening when the bell tolls one. Expect the second on the next night at the same hour. The third upon the next night, when the last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate. Look to see
0: me no more. It walked backward from him, and at every step it took, the window raised itself a little so that, when the apparition reached it, it was wide open. Scrooge closed the window and examined the door by which the ghost had entered. It was double locked, as he had locked it with his own hands, and the bolts were undisturbed. Scrooge tried to say humbug, but stopped at the first syllable. And being from the emotion he had undergone, or the fatigues of the day, or his glimpse of the invisible world, or the dull conversation of the ghost, or the lateness of the hour... Much in need of repose, he went straight to bed without undressing and fell asleep on the instant. Scene two, the first of the three spirits. When Scrooge awoke, it was so dark that, looking out of bed, he could scarcely distinguish the transparent window from the opaque walls of his chamber until suddenly the church clock told a deep, dull, hollow, melancholy Light flashed up in the room upon the instant, and the curtains of his bed were drawn aside by a strange figure, like a child, yet not so like a child as like an old man, viewed through some supernatural medium, which gave him the appearance of having receded from the view and being diminished to a child's proportions.
3: Are you the spirit, sir, whose coming was foretold to me? I am. Who and what are you?
7: I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? No, your past. The things that you will see with me are shadows of the things that have been. They will have no consequ- consciousness of us. Rise and walk with me. I am immortal and liable to fall. Bear but a touch of my hand, and ye shall be upheld in more than this.
0: As the words were spoken... They passed through the wall and stood in the busy thoroughfares of a city. It was made plain enough by the dressing of the shops that here, too, it was Christmas time. The ghost stopped at a certain warehouse door and asked Scrooge if he knew it. Know it? I was apprenticed here. A living and moving picture of Scrooge's former self, a young man, came briskly in, accompanied by his fellow apprentice.
3: Dick Wilkins, to be sure. My old fellow apprentice bless me, yes, there he is. He was very much attached to me, was Dick. Poor Dick, dear, dear.
0: As Scrooge watched, he saw Mr. Fezziwig, his former master, throw a party for all his employees and his family. He saw again the furniture cleared away, the fiddler tuning up, the beer poured out, the pies served, and everyone dancing. When the clock struck 11, this domestic ball broke up. Mr. and Mrs. Fezziwig took their stations, one on either side of the door, and shaking hands with every person individually as he or she went out, wished him or her a Merry Christmas. When everybody had retired but the two apprentices, they did the same to them, and thus the cheerful voices died away, and the lads were left to their beds, which were under a counter in the back shop.
7: A small matter to make these silly folks so full of gratitude he has spent but a few pounds of your mortal money, three or four, perhaps is that so much that he deserves this praise? It isn't that it isn't that spirit
3: he has the power to render us happy or unhappy, to make our service light or burdensome, a pleasure or a toil. Say that his power lies in words and looks in things so light and insignificant that it is impossible to add and count them up. What then? The happiness he gives is quite as great as if it cost a fortune.
7: What is the matter?
3: Nothing particular.
7: Something, I think.
3: No, uh, no. I should like to be able to say a word or two to my clerk just now, that's all.
7: T- my time grows short. Quick!
0: Again, Scrooge saw himself. He was older now. A man in the prime of life. He was not alone, but sat by the side of a fair young girl in a black dress, in whose eyes there were tears. She spoke. It matters little to
8: you, very little. Another idol has displaced me. And if it can comfort you in time to come, as I would have tried to do, I have no just cause to grieve.
3: What idol has displaced you?
8: A golden one. You fear the world too much. I have seen your nobler aspirations fall off one by one until the master passion gained engrosses you, have I not?
3: What then? Even if I have grown so much wiser, what then? I am not changed towards you. Have I ever sought release from our engagement?
8: In words, no.
3: In what then?
8: In a changed nature, in an altered spirit, another atmosphere of life, another hope as its great end. If you were free today, tomorrow, yesterday, can I believe you would choose a dowerless girl? Or choosing her, do I not know that your repentance and regret would follow? I do, and I release you with a full heart for the love of him you once were.
7: Spirit, remove me from this place. I told you, these were shadows of the things that have been, that they are what they are, do not blame me.
3: Remove me. I cannot bear it. Leave me. Take me back. Haunt me no longer.
0: He had barely time to reel to bed before he sank into a heavy sleep.
1: Unrest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us
7: all from Satan's power when we you're listening to a special edition of Bookmarked on KZSM, 104.1 FM, or live streaming on KZSM.org. From San Marcos, Texas, True Community Radio.
9: Scene 3, the
0: second of the three spirits. When Scrooge awoke, his bedroom had undergone a surprising transformation. The walls and ceiling were hung with holly mistletoe and a mighty blaze went roaring up the chimney. Heaped upon the floor to form a kind of throne were turkeys, geese, mince pies, plum puddings, juicy oranges, luscious pears, immense 12th cakes, great bowls of punch and more. Upon this couch sat a giant who bore a glowing torch and raised it high to shed its light on Scrooge. Come in,
10: come in, and know me better, man. I am the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon me. You have never seen the like of me before. Never. Have never walked forth with the younger members of my family. Meaning, for I am very young, my elder brothers born in these
3: late years. I don't think I have. I'm afraid I have not. Have you had any brother, Spirit? More than 1,800. A tremendous family to provide for. Spirit, conduct me where you will. I went forth last night on compulsion, and I learned a lesson which is working now. Tonight, if you have aught to teach me, let me profit by it. Touch my robe.
0: Scrooge did as he was told, and held it fast. The room and its contents all vanished instantly, and they stood in the city streets upon a snowy Christmas morning. Scrooge and the ghost passed on, invisible, straight to Scrooge's clerk, and on the threshold of the door, the spirit smiled and stopped to bless Bob Cratchit's dwelling with the sprinklings of his torch. Mrs. Cratchit laid the cloth, assisted by Belinda Cratchit, second of her daughters, while Master Peter Cratchit plunged a fork into the saucepan of potatoes, and the two smaller cratchits, boy and girl, came tearing in, screaming that outside the baker's they had smelt the goose and known it for their own.
11: Whatever's got your precious father then and your brother Tiny Tim?
0: In came little Bob the father with Tiny Tim upon his shoulder. Alas for Tiny Tim he bore a little crutch and had his limbs supported by an iron frame.
11: And how did little Tim behave?
0: As good as gold and better. Somehow he gets thoughtful, sitting
5: by himself so much, and thinks the strangest things you ever heard. He told me, coming home, that he hoped the people saw him in the church because he was a cripple, and it might be pleasant to them to remember upon Christmas Day, who made lame beggars walk and blind men see.
0: Mrs. Cratchit made the gravy hissing hot. Master Peter mashed the potatoes with incredible vigor. Miss Belinda sweetened up the applesauce. Martha dusted the hot plates. Bob took Tiny Tim beside him in a tiny corner at the table. The two young Cratchits set chairs for everybody. At last, the dishes were set on, and Grace was said. There never was such a goose. Bob said he didn't believe there ever was such a goose cooked. Its tenderness and flavor, size and cheapness, were the themes of universal admiration. But now... Mrs. Cratchit entered, flushed but smiling proudly with the pudding, like a speckled cannonball, so hard and firm, blazing in half a quatern of light ignited brandy and bedight with Christmas holly stuck into the top. Then all the Cratchit family drew round the hearth in what Bob Cratchit called a circle, and at Bob Cratchit's elbow stood the family display of glass, two tumblers a cust- and a custard cup without a handle. These held the hot stuff from the jug, however, as well as golden goblets would have done, and Bob served it out with beaming looks while the chestnuts on the fire sputtered and crackled. Merry
5: Christmas to all, my dears. God bless us.
0: God bless us,
11: everyone.
5: Mr. Scrooge, I'll give you Mr. Scrooge, the
2: founder
11: of the feast. Founder of the feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon. My
2: dear. The (laughs) children.
11: And hope he'd have a good appetite for it.
5: Christmas Day.
11: It should be Christmas Day, I'm sure. Which one drinks the health of such an odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge? Oh, you know he is, Robert. Nobody knows it better than you, poor fellow.
5: My dear, Christmas Day.
11: I'll drink for your sake and for the days, but not his. Long life to him, a merry Christmas and a happy new year. He'll be very merry and very happy, I have no doubt.
0: All this time, the chestnuts and the jug went round and round, and by and by, they had a song about a lost child traveling in the snow from Tiny Tim, who had a plaintive little voice and sang it very well indeed. They were not a handsome family. They were not well-dressed. Their shoes were far from being waterproof. Their clothes were scanty. But they were happy, grateful, pleased with one another, and contented with the time. And when they faded and looked happier yet in the bright sprinklings of the spirit's torch at parting, Scrooge had his eye upon them, and especially on Tiny Tim, until the last. It was a great surprise to Scrooge, as this scene vanished, to find himself in a bright, dry, gleaming room, with the spirit standing smiling by his side, and looking at his nephew, Fred. He said that
2: Christmas was a humbug as I live. He believed it, too. He's a comical old fellow, that's the truth, and not so pleasant as he might be. However, his offenses carry their own punishment, and I have nothing to say against him. Who suffers by his ill wills? Himself, always. Here he takes it into his head to dislike us, and he won't come and dine with us, What's the consequence? He didn't miss much of a dinner tonight at
0: any rate. Fred's wife and family declared that indeed he missed a very splendid dinner as they sat with the dessert upon the table clustered round the fire by lamplight. After tea they had some music, for they were a musical family and knew what they were about. After a while they played at forfeits, for it is good to be children sometimes and never better than at Christmas when its mighty founder, was a child himself.
3: Here's the new game. One more half hour, Spirit. Only one.
0: It was a game called Yes and No, where Fred had to think of something, and the rest must find out what, he only answering yes or no. So he was thinking of an animal, a live animal, rather a disagreeable animal, a savage animal, an animal that growled and grunted sometimes, and talked sometimes, and lived in London, and walked about the streets, and wasn't made a show of, And wasn't led by anybody and didn't live in a menagerie and was never killed in a market and was not a horse or an ass or a cow or a bull or a tiger or a dog or a pig or a cat or a bear. At every new question put to him, this nephew burst into a fresh roar of laughter.
10: I have found it out. I know what it is, Fred. I know what it is. What is it? It's your Uncle Scrooge.
0: (laughs) 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 The whole scene passed off in the breath of the last word spoken by his nephew, and he and the Spirit were again upon their travels. Much they saw, and far they went, and many homes they visited, but always with a happy end. The Spirit stood beside sick beds, and they were cheerful, on foreign lands, and they were close at home, by struggling men, and they were patient in their greater hope, by poverty, and it was rich, In almshouse, hospital, and jail, he left his blessing and taught Scrooge his precepts. Suddenly, as they stood together in an open place, the bell struck twelve. Scrooge looked about him for the ghost and saw it no more. Scene four, the last Of the spirits. This phantom slowly, gravely, silently approached. It was shrouded in a deep black garment which concealed its head, its face, its form, and left nothing of it visible save one outstretched hand. He knew no more, for the spirit neither spoke nor moved.
3: I am in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come, ghost of the future, "'I fear you more than any specter I have seen, "'but, as I know your purpose is to do me good, "'and as I hope to live to be another man from what I was, "'I am prepared to bear your company "'and do it with a thankful heart. "'Will you not speak to me?'
0: "'It gave him no reply. "'The hand was pointed straight before them. "'They scarcely seemed to enter the city, "'for the city rather seemed to spring up about them.' But there they were in the heart of it, on the exchange amongst the merchants. The spirit stopped behind one little knot of business people. Observing that the hand was pointed to them, Scrooge advanced to listen to their talk.
7: No, I don't know much about it either way. I only know he's dead.
0: When did he die?
7: Last night, I believe.
4: Why? What was the matter with him? I thought he'd never die.
7: God knows.
4: What has he done with his money?
7: I haven't heard company perhaps. He hasn't left it to me. That's all I know. (laughs) Bye-bye.
0: They left this busy scene and went into an obscure part of the town, to a low shop where iron, old rags, bottles, bones, and greasy offal were brought. A gray-haired rascal of great age sat smoking his pipe. Scrooge and the Phantom came into the presence of this man, just as a woman with a heavy bundle slunk into the shop.
10: What have you got to sell? What have you got to sell?
11: Half a minute's patience, Joe, and you shall see. Here you are. Every person has a right to take care of themselves, he always did. And who's the worse for the loss of a few things like these? Not a dead man, I suppose.
10: No, indeed, ma'am. If he wanted to keep him after he was dead, a wicked old screw, why wasn't he natural in his lifetime? If he had been, he'd have had somebody to look after him when he was struck with death instead of lying, gasping out his last there, alone by himself.
11: Truest word that was ever spoke, and it's a judgment on him. I wish it was a heavier judgment, and it should have been you may depend upon it, if I could have laid my hands on anything else. Open that bundle, old Joe, and let me know the value. Speak out plain. I'm not afraid to be the first, nor afraid for them to see it.
10: What do you call this? Bed curtains.
11: Ah, bed curtains. Don't you drop all on them blankets, now.
10: His blankets?
11: Who else's do you think? He ain't likely to take coal without him. Ah, you may look through that shirt till your eyes ache, but you won't find a hole in it, nor a threadbare place. It's the best he had, and a fine one too. They'd have wasted it by dressing him in it, if it hadn't been for me.
3: Spirit, I see, I see. The case of this unhappy man might be my own. My life tends that way now. Merciful heaven, what is this? Spirit, let me see some tenderness connected with the death, or this dark chamber spirit will be forever present to me.
0: The ghost conducted him to poor Bob Cratchit's house, the dwelling he had visited before, and found the mother and the children seated round the fire. Quiet, very quiet. The noisy little Cratchits were still as statues in one corner. The mother and her daughters were engaged in needlework but surely they were very quiet.
11: The color hurts my eyes. They're better now again. It makes them weak by candlelight, and I wouldn't show weak eyes to your father when he comes home for the world. It must be near his time. Past it, rather. But I think he has walked a little
8: slower than he used to these last few evenings, Mother.
11: I've known him to walk with... I've known him to walk with Tiny Tim on his shoulder very fast indeed. And so have I often but he was light to carry and his father loved him so so that it was no trouble no trouble and there is your father at the door
0: bob was very cheerful with them and spoke pleasantly to all the family he looked at the work upon the table and praised the industry and speed of mrs cratchit and the girls they would be done long before sunday he said sunday you went today then robert
5: yes my dear i wish you could have gone It would have done you good to see how green a place it is. But you'll see it often. I promised him that I would walk there on a Sunday. My little, little child. My
3: little child. Spectre, something informs me that our parting moment is at hand. I know it, but I know not how. Tell me what man that was with the covered face whom we saw lying dead.
0: The ghost of Christmas yet to come conveyed him to a dismal, wretched, ruinous churchyard. The spirit stood among the graves and pointed down to one. Scrooge crept toward it, trembling as he went, and read the name upon the stone of the neglected grave, Ebenezer Scrooge.
3: Before I draw near to that stone to which you point, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of things that will be, or are they the shadows of things that may be only? Am I that man who lay upon the bed? No, spirit, oh, no. No, spirit, hear me. I am not the man I was. Why show me this if I am past all hope? Assure me that I may yet change these shadows you have shown me by an altered life. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three strive within me. I shall not shut out the lessons that they teach. Oh, tell me that I may sponge away the writing on this stone."
0: The phantom shrunk, collapsed, and dwindled down into a bedpost. Yes, and the bedpost was his own. The bed was his own, the room was his own. Running to the window, he opened it and put out his head. No fog, no mist, no night. Clear, bright, stirring, golden day.
3: You there, boy, what's today? Eh? What's today, my fine fellow? Today? Today is Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day? I haven't missed it. Hello, my fine fellow. Hello. Do you know the poulterers in the next street but one at the corner? I should hope I do. An intelligent boy. A remarkable boy. Do you know whether they've sold that prize turkey that was hanging up there? Not the little prize turkey. The big one.
6: What? The one as big as me?
3: What a delightful boy. It's a pleasure to talk to him. Yes, my buck.
6: It's hanging
2: there now.
3: Is it? Go and buy it.
2: You're joking.
3: No, no, I'm in earnest. Go and buy it and tell them to bring it here, that I may give them the direction where to take it. Come back with the man and I'll give you a shilling. Come back with him in less than five minutes and I'll give you half a crown. I'll send it to Bob Cratchit's. He shan't know who sends it. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim.
0: Scrooge dressed himself all in his best and at last got out into the streets. He looked so irresistibly pleasant in a word that three or four good-humored fellows said, Good morning, sir. A merry Christmas to you. In the afternoon, he turned his steps toward his nephew's house. Fred! Why, bless my soul. But who is this?
3: It is I, your Uncle Scrooge. I have come to dinner. Will you let me in, Fred?
0: Let him in. It is a mercy he didn't shake his arm off. So did everyone when they came. Wonderful party, wonderful games, wonderful unanimity, wonderful happiness. But he was early at the office next morning. Oh, he was early there. If he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late. And he did it. Hello.
3: What do you mean by coming here at this time of day? I'm very sorry, sir. I'm behind my time. You are? Yes, I think you are. Step this way, if you please.
5: It's only once a year, sir. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir.
3: Now, I'll tell you what, my friend. I'm not going to stand for this sort of thing any longer. And therefore, and therefore, I am about to raise your salary. A merry Christmas, Bob. A merrier Christmas, Bob, my good fellow, than I have given you for many a year. I'll raise your salary and endeavor to assist your struggling family.
0: Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more, and to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, as good a man as the good old city knew, or any good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but his own heart laughed, and that was quite enough for him. It was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, If any man alive possess the knowledge May that be truly said Of us and all of us And so as Tiny Tim Observed God God bless bless us all everyone.
1: Everyone But rest ye merry gentlemen Let nothing you dismay Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas day To save us all from Satan's power When we
9: were gone astray Oh time.
0: I've been listening to a live radio theater reading of A Christmas Carol by an absolutely wonderful bunch of people. Yay. Thank you. And I would like you to meet all of them. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and, and talk a little bit about the part they've read. Let's see. I'm, I start with Jennifer.
11: My name is Jennifer. Um, I am a regular guest on bookmark I'm a, an avid reader I work at the San Marcus Public Library and Charles Dickens is my favorite classic author and so it's an honor to be a part of this production today and I played Mrs. Cratchit and the charwoman okay I'm Edie Watson I've been a
8: guest on Priscilla's show in the past today I voiced the characters Belle Scrooge's fiance. Tiny Tim and Martha Cratchit. And my favorite version, uh movie version of a Christmas Carol is the nineteen eighty-four version with
0: George C. Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our Scrooge likes this likes that one a lot too.
6: Hello, I'm the Honey Bear. And I do a blue show from eight until ten on Tuesday nights, so I'll be on later this evening. I played the ghost of Jacob Marley. Woo! And the young boy Mm -hmm. and I have a audio version of the Christmas Carol done by Patrick Stewart where he does all of the voices I enjoy I picked the two parts of this with a little help from the narrator because I thought it presented a chance for someone to change their path and then the boy was instrumental in showing being the first to engage with the new Ebenezer Scrooge
10: I'm Brandon Beck. I'm a regular on Priscilla's show, and my favorite version of The Christmas Carol is, like Honey Bear's, the Patrick Stewart version, but I prefer the film to the audio recording, and it has nothing to do with the uh, Charles Dickens story and everything to do with Patrick Stewart. Um, Patrick Stewart anything is my favorite thing. And um, I voiced The Ghost of Christmas Present and The Party Guest and Old Joe. Okay. Okay.
4: My name is Carol Coburn, and I host Friday Night with Care, Friday nights 8 to 10 here on KZSM. And I chose—I played Lady 1 and Lady 2. Lady 1 was a solicitor, and it's because I like to ask for money. So <laughs> speaking of which, while you're tuned in, go ahead and go to kzsm.org and hit the Donate Now button, because we really appreciate you.
2: My name is Chris Gardner. I'm a board member here at KZSM. Today I played Fred. Uh, I was going to say that I was offended by most versions of A Christmas Carol, but frankly I'm, I think I'm disgusted with any version of A Christmas Carol that doesn't involve the Muppets.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, my name is Mark Decker, Um, I'm an occasional host uh, for what was a Melancholy Tea Party, maybe coming back this next year, we'll see. Also occasional guest on KZSM, trying to do a lot of the background stuff as well. I played uh, the voice of Bob Cratchit and also provided the sound effects for the uh, yeah. festivities.
0: Yeah. Why did you want to be Bob Cratchit, if you don't want to ask? Him? I actually
5: kind of enjoyed the part simply because he's kind of a mellow, upbeat soul, even in the face of adversity.
3: And I'm Gene Randall, and the part of Scrooge was actually thrust upon me. I wasn't asked for it, but it came naturally because I just tend to be a grumpy old guy anyway. Uh, LAUGHTER you can join me Sunday nights for Musica con Ganas con tu tío favorito aquí en tu radio comunidad TSM. And uh, I, my favorite version of uh, the Christmas Carol, of course, is the one with George C.
0: Scott. Okay. Can you say Bah Humbug in Spanish?
3: Bah Humbug. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: Kirk.
7: I'm Kirk Fraley. Um, I produced Bookmarked for the past three years, I suppose. This is my third Christmas special with Miss Priscilla. Um, I push the knobs and turn the buttons, um, producing. I produce a bunch of shows, a, a bunch of shows over the years, I suppose, but only a few now. Mm-hmm. And I was the vo- voice of the ghost of Christmas Past and the man discussing Ebenezer Scrooge after he was dead. And I wanted to do The uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past mostly because there were fewer lines.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Honesty. Yeah. Honesty. I, I guess I, I guess I have to admit my own history that why why I love this so much that I grew up listening to, and you're, you're all too young for this. Well, maybe not Gene, but the rest of you are all too young for this. Listening to a recorded version on 78s in an album, a literal album, Starring Ronald Coleman. Uh, mm-hmm. And I still have the lines in my in my head about, you know, I am the ghost of Christmas. Long past? No, you're past. And I would listen to it every Christmas Eve. And I should say something. In, in thanking my wonderful cast, I hope you have all enjoyed the assortment of accents and lack thereof <laughs> that, they, that they managed to come up with. Kirk was threatening Australian for the ghost of Christmas past, but I vetoed that. But thank you all very much. This means a lot to me. I've been wanting to do this for, for years and years. And extra special thanks to Gene. He wanted to be Scrooge. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> uh, right. I'm a grumpy
3: uh, old guy. What can I say? Yeah.
0: But he not only was Scrooge, but made cho- hot chocolate and cookies for us. Read lines from with me so we could time the script, help plan this whole extravaganza, and for all of that, I am very grateful. And thank you for to Kirk, especially for all that button pushing, uh, for which which we really appreciate. So, thank you all so much. And uh, we'll need to put in some music, and then at four, at, again at at five o'clock, you you'll hear a, a uh, bookmark Christmas special featuring some readings from past uh, Christmas from past holiday specials. So again, thank you all.
9: <laughs> be merry
1: gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our savior was born on Christmas day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, time.
12: Practicing real hard, yeah. Clients, you've been you've been rehearsing real hard now. So Santa, bring your new saxophone, right? Everybody out there been good, but what? Oh, that's not many, not many. You guys are in trouble out here. And yeah, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not fight. I'm telling you why. Say. Coming to ten. Santa Claus is coming to town Santa Claus is coming to town Santa Claus is coming to town He's making a list, he's checking it we
13: hearts of all people both near and afar Christmas everywhere feel the love of the season wherever you are on the small country roads lined with green mistletoe big city streets where a thousand lights glow let it be Christmas everywhere let heavenly music Christmas everywhere with the gold and the silver, the green and the red. Christmas everywhere in the smiles of all children asleep in their beds, in the eyes of young babies, their first fallen snow, elderly's memories that never grow old. Let it be Christmas everywhere, that heavenly music. Everywhere. In the songs that we sing and the gifts that we bring, Christmas everywhere, in what this day means, and what we believe from the sandy white beaches where blue water rolls, snow-covered mountains and valleys below. Let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heaven live. Christmas everywhere. Christmas day.
7: org would like to thank the following businesses, organizations, and individuals for underwriting and supporting our broadcasting and 24-7 live streaming programming. Javuzem Graphics, Blue Sky Mortgage, Sid and Ellen Braverman, Marianne Reese at the Lifelong Learning Organization of San Marcos, Down to Earth Barbecue Sauce, Fast Signs, Ludalia Dahlia Bistro, Ghost Note Brewing, Serendipity Wines, The Hill Country Freethinkers, The San Marcos Art League, Tejas Hemp, Twin Liquors, Daughter of the Wild, Springtown Roasters, and of course the Whitliff Collections at Texas State University. If you, your business, or your organization would like to promote and maintain true community radio in San Marcos and around the world, find the donate button on our webpage, kzsm.org, or email kzsmsanmarcos at gmail.com to underwrite our programming. And again, thank you.